Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I am Atik Hamadbati, a fourth generation homeopath with over 20 years of professional experience in this field of healing. In the Homeopathy Health Show, I'll be talking all things homeopathy and natural with guest interviews, tips and advice and answering some of your questions. Homeopathy is truly a unique complementary system of healing suitable for all ages, young and old. I'd love to hear from you and welcome your questions on homeopathy and how it can or has helped you. Feel free to email me at health at liketreatslike.co.uk or visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk for more information. Once you're there, take a look at the Knowledge Academy and blog section where you will find interesting information. Both sections are growing day by day, so always check back. So let's begin today's show on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio, real feel-good radio. Hi everybody, I hope you're well, and of course I hope and pray it remains that way. So thank you for joining me again on the Homeopathy Health Show. It's been a very quick week actually, so much has been going on, clinic has been very, very busy and uh, also very busy working on the show. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. I've got a very interesting lineup for the weeks ahead, so do stay up to date with my socials. So I am on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. <laughs> There's so many, isn't it, to remember. Um, you'll find me under my name, Atik Ahmad Bhatti, or Actually, you'll find me under Like Treats Like. But if you go to my website, which is liketreatslike.co.uk, then you'll find the links to the socials anyhow. And also some special messages that I've received from some very eminent homeopaths in the world and also uh, those who are in the field of natural healing. My guest on today's show is actually a fellow presenter, Pete Hill who hosts the D Word show on UK Health Radio, which airs Monday through Thursdays and is available on demand by visiting ukhealthradio.com. Now, Pete's show talks all things related to dementia and associated well-being, and I'm delighted to have him on today's Homeopathy Health Show. Pete, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know how busy you are. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. It's a little bit tables turned. This time I'll be answering the questions instead of asking them. So I'm uh, looking forward to it. Well, I'll definitely be asking for your opinion on a number of things um, for, as far as your expertise goes. Actually, I wanted to start off, Pete, with, um, well, sadly, you know, as a fact, dementia is on the increase, not just in the UK, of course, but around the world. And it's not now just it's not now just in a senior age range. I've, I've seen so many people who have, uh, you know, early onset dementia as well. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the, uh, the figure for early onset dementia in the UK is 42,000. Uh, and we have to remember that, you know, these people have jobs, they have families, uh, they have mortgages to pay, uh, you know, and they are at that stage of life where something like dementia can have a, a really major, major impact. But having said that, there are still people working who are living with dementia and living well with dementia. So it's not always a, a, a bleak story. 
Um, mm. there, there has been an increase, uh, part, partly because people are living longer. Um, so we have more people in the, the more advanced age ranges. But part of my take on it is that Alzheimer's Research UK actually say that a third of cases could be prevented by lifestyle factors very similar to those that we use for cardiovascular health. And it's been a, a kind of thing of mine for, for a while that, you know, there have been adverts on the, the TV about cardiovascular health, healthy eating, etc. But we've never had an advert on the TV about brain health because people don't seem to associate um, all these factors relating to brain health that suddenly we've, you know, we generally associate them with cardiovascular diabetes, etc., I come from a public health background. I'm still very frustrated that a lot of former public health colleagues still don't even do dementia. But, you know, I rate it as the biggest public health issue that uh, we face in the world. I would actually agree with you very much on that. This and mental health seem to be the prevalent diseases of the 21st century, certainly. Why? What do you think it is? I mean, it's interesting you mentioned about the adverts because that is so true, isn't it? There is nothing... Or if there is, it's very, very limited, certainly, uh, as far as awareness goes for brain health, mental health, brain health, you know, and a lot needs to be done, doesn't it? So much actually needs to be done. So much education uh, needs to be shared so that people are informed for maybe, you know, I'm I'm an optimist, so I'm not being a pessimist here when I say, but maybe it's a bit late for our generation, but certainly for the next generation, they should be educated and informed. They should be ready and prepared. Oh, absolutely. You know, I agree one, one hundred percent. We should be, uh, you know, education is, is a major part. I mean, there are very, you know, many parts to the dementia story. There are scientists that are, are looking for a cure, which which would be wonderful. Um, at the moment, I mean, people with, with dementia treatment is to suppress symptoms. It's not actually to get to the root causes of the uh, of the problem. Um, mm. And I think a lot, a lot of this education, uh, you know, it's not, for me, difficult stuff to look at things like smoking, hypertension, uh, diabetes, etc. And also, there, you know, there are a lot of other things that come in, it possibly because it is such a complicated story, uh, because we could be looking at obesity, alcohol consumption, physical inactivity, uh, and also sports-related injuries, which are mm. you know, one of the ones that, that hit the headlines, uh, and particularly in the US, where the NFL have made huge payments to uh, former NFL players that are now affected by dementia. Um, so it, it's really a, a whole holistic education program that we need around the subject mm. the boxing also comes into mind because you know you're repeatedly hitting the most important area of your body yeah um, abso- absolutely i mean you know there's uh the old phrase amongst boxers was punch drunk wasn't it which mm. uh you know uh in those days we didn't realize uh, what was going on? I mean, uh, a gentleman called Dr. Willie Stewart in the University of Glasgow is doing a lot of research into uh, to football. Uh, and his conclusion is interesting because when you talk to people, you talk to people who played in the 60s, you know, uh, in my activity groups, when I was working with the Alzheimer's Society, I had a couple of ex-pro footballers. 
And, and people always relate it to, oh, well, it was a big, heavy leather ball that soaked up the water. But actually, the research Willie Stewart has shown is it's not actually the how heavy the ball is. It's the speed that it actually contacts, which leads to a number of small concussions, not the, the large, you know, uh, kind of knockout punches, if you like. Mm. But uh, equally as dangerous is this number of small concussions, which gradually build up. Uh, and lead to development, sadly, of, of dementia. Um, and there are a couple of great charities, actually. Head for Change, who have, have set up a number of uh, non-heading um, dementia football matches, and also the Jeff Hastel Foundation, which I'm, I'm fairly close to. I had the privilege of uh, interviewing Jeff's wife on the show uh, some time ago, and he was an international England footballer uh, who developed uh, frontotemporal dementia. Uh, and so, you know, there is a lot of work to be done in those areas of, of raising awareness. Do you think it should be part of some sort of educational module within schools, not d- dementia per se, but, you know, mental health and um, health, brain health itself, where, you know, sports are prevalent in schools, of course, and that's a good thing. Students, uh, pupils are taught about, you know, nutrition and they're taught about so many other various subjects. Do you think educationally wise, as far as our system is concerned, we can do more, can't we? Oh, most certainly. You know, there, there are initiatives. Um, I know of uh, a few residential homes in my area, which is, is a Hertfordshire. They invite school kids in to, uh, you know, talk to, to their residents and residents mm. uh, living with dementia, which is, is a great idea. Uh, a friend of mine, Alex Wynn Stanley, has, has written a number of, of children's books, uh, including one called My Grandma Has Dementia, which uh, tries to explain to a, a younger audience, um, you know, the, the effects of, of dementia and the changes that, that they'll see in in grandma as uh, the disease progresses. Um, but I think, you know, uh, it's the biggest public, you know, we've said it's the biggest public health issue we face. So so surely that is befitting of a, of a national education programme. You know, um, I was just thinking, I'm sure you've seen the film on uh, Netflix or one of the streaming services called The Father with Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Watching that film really brings home, does it not, you know, the the seriousness of dementia itself. I mean, it's absolutely incredibly acted by uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Um, it's a very, very emotional film. But it's not uh, just a film. This is actually hap- happening around in millions of homes, certainly around, around the UK, around the world, where people are seeing this to their, you know, with their parents or their loved ones and having to cope. It it really is a very daunting and challenging time, is it not? Oh, absolutely. For uh, you know, dementia care is everywhere. I mean, the world figure is uh, fifty-seven million people um, worldwide. So you look at all those fifty-seven people are, are being supported by someone, uh, whether it be in residential care, whether it be a loved one, family member, friend, whatever. You know that that they all need support, which is uh, you know an incredible task. And you're absolutely right. I mean, um, I learned a lot about the realities of uh, dementia when I was working with the Alzheimer's Society. 
And I got talking to, you know, people who were carers. Um, they entrusted their loved ones to us for a, for a day. Uh, and, you know, we tried to entertain, give a good time and, uh, you know, uh, help people to, uh, to socially interact. And I learned a lot from just, uh, you know, talking to carers about the, the difficulties they, they go through. Uh, and some of the things, simple things you wouldn't even think about, that, that, you know, you have to start thinking about. You have to start thinking about, uh, you know, almost making sure that your loved one doesn't walk out the door quite, mm. quite simply, which is mm. something, you know, you'd never think about, would you normally? Yeah. Uh, and, and issues of, um, sadly, it seems that when people get a diagnosis, um, some of their friends uh, and and people that they know um, do not know how to deal with it quite simply and they, they sadly drop off the radar uh, and people feel more and more isolated and it's I, I, I think you know when I, when I started um, working for the Alzheimer's Society I didn't have much background in dementia at all but I, I, I stood there one day and it was my second third day in or whatever and in the hall next to me were 15 people living with dementia and I thought how am I going to deal with this this is you know what am I going to face here and then suddenly this blinding light came across just go in there and be yourself and so I did we mm. laughed we joked we talked about all kinds of things uh, and suddenly all those people in that room were not Derek with dementia. They were Derek. Well, they weren't Iris with dementia. They were Iris. We became friends. And it's, it's only in those moments that I think more people need to understand that that is still a person. Dementia does not define who they are. You know, they are still Derek and they are still Iris. So treat them like they're still Derek and still Iris. And I think that's something that, that people need education in, that the person is, is still there. And, and the most important thing that I found is a friend living with dementia said to me, she said, um, you know, Pete, I really wish people asked me what I can still do what, uh, and not what I can't do anymore. Mm. It, it seems to be that thought, once you get a diagnosis, whoops, that's it. Whereas, you know, that is, that's very, very much not the case. I think, um, you know, I'm very, very interested with what you've just been saying. And I was thinking as you were saying that, sharing your experience there, is that you can read about dementia, you can read about Alzheimer's, you can, you know, read about various diseases in textbooks. But until the physical connection is there and you see it for yourself, that empathy and compassion and that need for help will, will not be there. Uh, it's a very, very different thing to experience something uh, physically, to perceive something in reality, compared to what's written on a page. Leading on from, from that, what more can be done as far as awareness for dementia and getting perhaps the younger generation to experience firsthand what it's like so that they are educated in real time, so to speak, with mm -hmm. real experience? Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's a very important uh, thing, uh, a very good aim. Um, and as you say, you know, unless you've experienced it, it's very difficult. Um, you know, even for me, uh, I'm a presenter, I present a radio show based on, on dementia. 
Um, I've experienced a little bit with my with my mother-in-law who was um, diagnosed with uh, with Alzheimer's. Um, mm. So, the, you know, I've had that little insight, but I still after we started showing 2019, I'm still learning. Uh, you know, learning from the, the carers that I talk to, the organisations that I talk to, the people living with dementia who are probably the most important that I talk to. You know, I talk to people living with dementia on the show. We have conversations like I'm having with you here. Mm. Uh, and I think that's really important to, to get across that fact. Uh, and, uh, and as you say, in terms of the younger generation, um I, I, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, I mean, we've uh, the Alzheimer's show is is going to be occurring uh, in London, and they've got virtual reality helmets, which are supposed to give you a, you know, an impression of what it's like to have dementia. Right. Um, which again, you know, we've we've seen portrayals also on TV. We've seen you know major portrayals in in soap operas. Probably uh, the most prominent one was the the vicar in in Emmerdale. Um, and again, that got a little bit across because I actually filmed one of the episodes, which is probably still available on YouTube or somewhere, mm. um, through his eyes uh, and what he actually saw rather than what was actually happening. Uh, and I think those kinds of things are, are very, very powerful um, if we can do that. And there are a lot of people doing this stuff. And I think one of the major reasons for my show is to highlight all this stuff that's going on because, uh, you know, as I said before we came on air, there's a whole dementia community out there in the world with some amazing stuff being done. Um, but their problem is to actually get it out there and promote it because going back to what we were saying at the beginning of this conversation, people don't want to talk about dementia. So, you know, how do they promote all the brilliant work they're doing? Um, they can promote it to the dementia community, but the rest of the community, you know, how do you reach those people? I think, Pete, it might just be maybe a matter of time, because if you remember 20 years back, certainly even up to 15 years back, talking about mental health was very taboo. And all of a sudden, everyone is talking about it. So maybe it just needs to peak where enough people, you know, even, for example, um, you coming on today's show, people working together for a common good, for a common goal, raising, raising awareness, it may just reach that pinnacle where people then, it's not taboo as such, you know, people will talk about it very openly and recognize it and acknowledge it and, and then move forward on how to help and how to support those living with um, with with such a such an ailment. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't, you know, I, th I think you're absolutely right. I um, I kind of think back to my grandmother, who was a very old Victorian lady, lived to, she was 101, uh, and she used to, to gather in the local pub on a Saturday night, and you could hear this this conversation of, uh, oh, George has had terrible problems with his, with his heart, or Fred's had a problem with this, or, you know, Ida's had a problem with, with whatever. But, but they, they never mentioned dementia. Um, mm. And I feel now in the, you know, the century that we're in, we are talking more about things like mental health, heart health, diabetes, etc. But still, there's this little bubble on the outside somewhere um, with dementia in on it, which is getting closer to the mainstream because we're starting to make these links with it's not only just heart health, it's brain health as well. 
um, which is a kind of major breakthrough because people can start to think, well, yeah, it's not only about my heart, it's about my brain, isn't it? And everyone is coming into contact now with someone who's living with dementia. I mean, the the projected figure is 1.6 million people in the UK by 2040 um, will be living with dementia. So, you know, you break that down into families and social networks and, and nearly everyone will come in contact in some way or form with someone who is living with dementia. Uh, and I think, as you say, it will then start to get more traction as with cancer and you know heart disease and, and other areas, because everybody will start to get that experience. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I'm, you know, I'm I'm optimistic that you know we can we can break that barrier uh, and start talking about dementia in the way that we talk about other things. And you know, that's that's the ethos behind the show. That's why I set the D word up, because um, I've been involved in media for a long time. Mm. Uh, and, you know, this is the best thing I've ever done uh, without a shadow of a doubt, because it, it's just highlighting. And once you, you get into the, the world of dementia, you can learn so much, not only from the experts, but from the people living with dementia that I talk to. You know, I've learned so much from them. Um, they're, uh, you know, I'm very much into social history. Uh, the social history that you can get for a room full of people living with dementia is unbelievable. And, and all those things, it's, it's a really rich environment if, if you get involved in it. You know, you're, you're, we're on the same hymn, hymn sheet here because, uh, you know, I echo what you've just said about the radio show and talking to so many different people and learning so much. It It is uh it's a real honor isn't it very humbling opportunity to talk to so many different people i talk to so many uh experts in different fields not just homeopathy of course and uh you always learn something but it's uh, taught me one thing which is never ignore anybody because every mm. single individual has a story to tell and you can you there's no way you can leave the conversation without learning something yeah that is absolutely 100 true and also uh, the, the situation with dementia is that sometimes in terms of communication, you need to find the key to unlock the door um, because communication does decrease in, in people uh, living with dementia. And you have to find new ways to communicate. And there are, you know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of great work looking for a cure. But mm. I think now we need to concentrate on the making life better for those living with dementia angle, which is very, very patchwork in the, in the UK and indeed across the world. And there are loads and loads of, of social interactions that we can make um, that can really help people. You know, strangely, when I was working with the Alzheimer's Society and we were doing activity groups, Dementia is a dark, a dark subject, but I've talked about this with my friends living with dementia. And I've said, you know what? I never had so much fun. We used to go in that door. We used to laugh for an entire day because that's what we did. Uh, and, you know, that that social interaction is so helpful in terms of uh, we, had, we had two clients. One was a, a former RAF man who, who was a Londoner. And another one was a, a Northern Irishman 
Patrick who'd mm. come to this country and he, he used to be a race race horse jockey. Uh, and we sat these two guys together um, and the accents were a real barrier because for about the first half an hour, Eddie didn't have a great idea of what Patrick was saying and Patrick didn't have a great idea what Eddie was saying because the accents got the one. I can imagine that scene. <laughs> um, but eventually they became really close mates. Mm. Uh, and at a time where they could also share their experience, where sometimes, you know, they used to say to me, it's difficult to talk to people outside who haven't got dementia. Whereas if I talk to a fellow person with dementia, then we're all in the same boat. We can share our experiences. Um, and I think those things are so important. And we do underestimate the importance of, of simply sitting around having a chat over a cup of tea. Because, you know, that is so important to, to people in dementia. That's why there's a lot of dementia cafes opened up um, around the country, which are great, which give people just the opportunity with their carers to sit there and, and exchange views. And it's a kind of really simple thing. And sometimes I think we over-elaborate and look for the complicated, whereas simple stuff like that can be really, really positive. You're, you're so right. I, I was just actually going to comment, and you, you answered, uh, you've already answered it, that talking, literally, that is the therapy. Sit down and talk to people. Talk to one another. Share what you've been through. And I think that is is going to help make a big difference um, in the life, uh, like you've experienced and like you've just shared with, with everyone, that uh, it does make a big difference. Not only are friendships formed, but also a, a, a deeper understanding of the condition. You know, when you understand something and you, you, you're willing to understand something and you, you've acknowledged it, then I hope that naturally the next step would be the compassion and wanting to support and help, um, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I don't know. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a real strange experience in terms of working in dementia, which is a dark world, but also to have seen so much light shed on it um, mm. as well. Um, I've been really fortunate. One of my um, former uh, clients, Dave, who unfortunately um, passed away a, a couple of years ago, his wife, Angela, um, I got to know very well, and she spared, shared her experience of, of caring for Dave. And uh, after I've been doing the uh, the debut show for about six months, mm. um, I thought I'll just ask Angela if she wants to get involved. And Angela now does a, a brilliant job for me, setting up interviews, doing some admin stuff, keeping my diary up to date, and everything, and mm. also sharing her experience of uh, you know what she went through. Uh, and I have learned so much just sitting there talking to her, quite simply. And I think everybody can do that. Um, you just need to to get through that barrier of of dementia and almost you know why why the show was called the D word was we used to work in um, church halls, which you know invariably had a lobby before you went into the uh, the kind of main room, uh, mm. and I used to say to carers, you know, the one word we don't mention once we go through that door, and they used to look at me and say, well, what's that? And I used to say the D word um, because it doesn't matter to me once I get in there. You know, it's Derek in there, it's Iris in there, it's dementia. Mm. We don't even talk about dementia. Probably the last thing we talk about, we talk about, you know, we talk about football, we talk about music, we talk about, you know, other people's interests. And I think it's really important that you, that you, you get through that barrier. And once you get through that barrier, 
then suddenly we you know we we all learn a lot it's uh it's really great that yeah you know i've got you on the show i'm, I'm thrilled <laughs> like i said at the beginning now the d word i'll just remind um you that the d word uh, broadcasts monday tuesday wednesday and thursday on uk health radio and um, it is available on podcast platforms as well so if you visit ukhealthradio.com you'll be able to also uh, download the show and listen on demand so for all things dementia please do visit uh, ukhealthradio.com and listen to pete's show the d word pete you're also involved aren't you in a number of dementia so- uh, support initiatives uh, perhaps you can sa- share those with us as well yeah I, you know generally um, i'm involved in a number of uh, of charities um that, uh, that do good work um i'm chair of a, um, a charity called garrett stepping out uh where basically we we arrange uh walks in the country uh with a nice lunch for for garers and you know the people that they are garing for uh and just again this social interaction we all get together we have a chat over a over a nice lunch we go for a nice walk um in the environment uh, you know there, there have been so many studies that just to walk in the environment is so beneficial mm. uh, and something that perhaps we you know we all take for granted a little bit uh so i'm involved in that uh which is great a brilliant charity uh do you know a lot of of great work uh i've also had involvement with people like uh, brace alzheimer's who are down in uh, in bristol uh who are very much more tending towards the the research side of things uh so mm. very uh, supportive of mark porch and uh, all the team down there who do a great job uh and the other one close to my heart is dementia carers count uh which is a, sar- a charity that uh, my friend sue set up uh and that is really looking at you know the carers um because one thing that uh, that gets left out of the story all too often is carers health because people don't realise the impact on Gera's health of looking after uh, a loved one living with dementia. Mm. Uh, and, you know, the, these people need care as well. They need time out. Uh, you know, Gera burnout is a, is a really big problem uh, because people get to the end of the road, really, and don't know where to go because, you know, they're working so hard. Uh, so uh, dementia carers count is very close to my heart because um, I think it's a, an area that we really need to get to grips with here uh, because carers are you know they're underfunded they're undervalued uh, and as I said to you before we came on air in my mind they're the forgotten army mm, absolutely I think so much needs to be done and as I as I as we were talking actually um, you know we we shared this that they are the ones that need to be recognized for their service and the support you know the unsung heroes that are working in the background they are amazing the carers the support staff the loved ones of family members suffering from dementia who are looking after them they also but they also need help they also need to talk to somebody you know they need support as well yeah absolutely you know i, I always say that the best form of of dementia care is teamwork uh, Mm. between the person living with dementia and their carer Uh, and when that happens it makes life a lot lot easier uh, for for both parties but again education's involved Um, you know my example um, Mm. my my, um, mother-in-law was uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's 
And the result of my mother-in-law being diagnosed with Alzheimer's is uh, me seeing two sheets of paper, uh, which basically said diagnosis, 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 written mm. all over them and very little else. Uh, and thank you very much. Mm. And that was it. And you're thinking, wait a minute. And, you know, obviously I had a bit of knowledge around the subject, so that helped. But uh, throughout the country, I, I get more stories of, of that just being said. Nola Suchet, who's a, a friend of, of mine as well, uh, came on the show. And she said when her husband was diagnosed, they went in sort of specialist in Harley Street mm. and said, I, I'm very, very sorry to uh, tell you that uh, your diagnosis is Alzheimer's. Good luck. And I was it. You know, and she walked out and thinking, well, what do I do now? Where do I go? And I think mm. that's a you know that's a big area we need to get to groups with i um uh, recently i talked to uh, mark challoner who's a really interesting guy he's a uh, an admiral nurse uh and i don't know whether many people know about the admiral nursing um service at all admiral nursing does the same as as macmillan does for cancer if you like uh in supporting people with the uh with the condition uh that's fascinating I, I i certainly wasn't aware of that yeah, and yeah. you know, and uh, you know, Mark's Mark's whole point was, you know, people don't don't know about us, and wouldn't it be mm. nice if we had this seamless service, whereby when people get diagnosed with uh, dementia, if people don't know, they go to something called the um, uh, the memory clinic, um, where basically they see a specialist, and a diagnosis can be difficult because there can be a number of other reasons for the symptoms. Um, which you share with with dementia, so it can take a period of time. It takes a number of brain scans and etc. And wouldn't it be nice when you actually get to the end of that process and someone says, "Well, I'm sorry, you you know you've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but here is Dementia UK, and they can offer you all sorts of help and and answer a lot of your problems." Uh, and it seems so simple. And you know, Mark and I discussed it. I said, "Well, why aren't we not doing this?" Mm. It is so, so simple. And in terms of money, costs nothing because all you're doing is you're you're putting person people on another path. So, you know, it's, it's a loss to me why why that does not happen. Um, because that would solve the problem that I had of thinking, okay, great, I'll go onto this website. Oh yeah, loads of information. I can contact these people. Brilliant. I think that that is certainly the way forward. I mean, uh, I, uh, even now we find with certain uh, practices as such, um, it's always like um, if one consultant perhaps says, oh, you, you have such and such and, and this is it, there's no follow-up. Um, but yet there is so much social help available and support, which actually leads me on to the question, if anyone does want to get in touch with you, Pete, because uh, you are, of course, very uh, knowledgeable and um, skilled in this field. How how can they get in touch with regards to, you know, getting perhaps uh, an awareness or some um, information on dementia support groups? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or people that want to tell their story. You know, I'm always yeah. open to uh, people coming on the show that want to tell their story. I mean, we're on social media, Twitter, um, which is at uh, Radio TDW. We've got the Radio TDW Facebook page uh, where there's a lot of, of good information. Angela puts that together for me and there's some great information there. Uh, also around the people that you know we talk to and the work they're doing or please email me 
at uh, tdwradio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from, from people, um, start up a chat. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, a lot of people are doing that now. When I first started the show, it was quite interesting. I don't know if you found this, but I, I thought I'd, I was going out and actually physically, you know, uh, approaching people to be on the show. Whereas we got about six months in uh, and we started getting people saying, uh, can I come on your show? Uh, and, and thankfully that, that's increased quite a lot. Uh, That's good fact, to know. You know. I've almost got a waiting list of people who want to come on the show, which is brilliant. You know, my 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 tagline is: if you've got a story to tell, then we are very very happy to listen to it. <laughs> which goes into my what I, my comments: everyone has a story to tell, don't they? Oh, absolutely! And uh, you know, ev- every time I talk to someone without a single doubt through 166 episodes, I learned something new. Mm. Um, I've talked to some amazing people all around the world uh, from, uh, you know, South America, India, Kenya, Australia, US, Canada. Um, I've talked to people that train dementia dogs that people are probably not aware of. Uh, I've talked to a lady who set up what's called a happiness horse box, which is the the possibility of people with dementia who used to like riding to get close contact again back with the horses. Mm. Um, there's there's so much going on. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, Doctor Marvin Berman recently about light therapy, which is a really exciting uh, thing that uh, he's been developing that um, access to uh, certain wavelengths of light seem to have a very positive effect on, on people living with dementia. So uh, yeah, everybody you turn to and everybody I talk to, I learn something new. Pete, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you come on the show. And uh, this is not uh, your one and only. I'm, I'm looking forward to you joining us again, perhaps in a few months, so that we can carry on this subject, which uh, I think we can do a great ne- a deal of justice needs to be done to it to raise awareness. So um, I'd love to help you with that. And we can do that together, you know. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely brilliant. I think I mean, it's been great being on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, and, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed um, chatting to you because I think, uh, you know, we are on the same page in, in so many things. Mm. Absolutely. And it's all about, at the end of the day, it's all about helping one another, isn't it? And with dementia, that is what it is. Support, help, support, compassion. Um, and, and I think we can make a big difference in, as individuals with those who have loved ones suffering from dementia to to those who are in the support network and the carers. What we need to do now is join it together. Uh, and, uh, you know, that is the big challenge. I think um, you're going to be very successful with what you're doing, and you already are. And uh, it's been a, a pleasure again to have you on the show. And I look forward to speaking to you very, very soon indeed. Thank you, Pete. No, thank you. It's, it's been great. And that was Pete Hill, my special guest for today, talking all things dementia. A very a very pertinent subject indeed, and um, also a very emotional subject, to be honest with you. Uh, I know so many people who are going through difficult times because of uh, a diagnosis of dementia. And um, it's just nice, you know, to be able to talk about it and to be able to share the experiences. But also, more importantly, it's 
people like Pete Hill who actually are helping to make a very, very big difference by raising the voice of dementia, especially on radio. And, uh, you know, we, uh, I commend him. We all commend him. And may he continue to raise the profile and the voice of dementia and may that also help as far as the mechanisms are concerned for helping those who may be suffering from this ailment or for those who are actually involved in looking after somebody who has this condition. Now, homeopathy is an amazing dynamic system of healing and that can help support those suffering with dementia. In fact, a Canadian homeopath, Louis Klein, has written the first of two volumes of a book called Homeopathy and Dementia, Fish Remedies, which covers this subject in great detail. And Louis goes through some of the chief fish remedies within homeopathy and how they are applicable to help treat those suffering from dementia. Now, as far as dementia is concerned and a diagnosis, it is recommended, I highly recommend, that you seek the help of a professional registered homeopath so that the full case may be discussed and the appropriate remedy or remedies may be prescribed. It uh, would not be sensible just to give names of remedies because I think this is um, an, an ailment, a, a disease, a disease, a condition that requires a proper consultation with a homeopath. So that brings us to the end of this week's Homeopathy Health Show. I do hope you have found it informative, educational and inspiring as well. Now, coming up next week, I'll be talking to Camilla Scher. Now, Camilla is the president of the Finnish Society of Homeopaths. She is also a fellow of the Society of Homeopaths in the UK. And she has worked alongside her husband, Jeremy Scher, at the Dynamis School of Advanced Homeopathic Studies. Now, very importantly, Camilla and Jeremy are both co-founders for the NGO called Homeopathy for Health in Africa. And she'll be talking to me via Tanzania next week on the show about her journey into homeopathy, her work at the Dynamis School, and of course, the incredible work that she is doing as far as homeopathy is concerned in Tanzania, where she is serving over 12,000 patients using homeopathy to improve their quality of life and, of course, to help them in their journey of healing. Camilla will also be sharing some insights as far as agro-homeopathy is concerned, which is homeopathy for plants, and this is going to be a very interesting um, talk indeed. I'm very, very, very much looking forward to it as well. Now, Camilla has very kindly recorded two video messages. One has already gone out on my social media channels and the second one will follow very, very soon. And um, she's also very kindly um, sent through a very beautiful message which you can find on the main homepage of my website, liketreatslike.co.uk. And I have, of course, I've shared it on, on my social media channels as well. So looking forward to that. So until next week, uh, stay safe and may you have a wonderful week full of productivity and uh, happiness and prosperity. So thank you and um, speak to you soon.
I do hope you've enjoyed the Homeopathy Health Show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Tune in next time for more things homeopathy, interviews and segments on the healing possibilities that homeopathy can bring you. And don't forget to visit UK Health Radio online at www.ukhealthradio.com to see the many other amazing shows available to listen live and on demand. Or why not download the app from the iOS and Android stores. Until next time, stay safe and take care.